Kiri King Kong. Your curiosity quest starts here. Hello, Q-Coders. Welcome into the Q-Code Podcast. Thanks for joining us for yet another wonderful episode. Got Travis to my right, Alan to my left, and you're listening to Dan. Uh, A lot of people... (laughs) It sounds like kind of like one of those late night shows. It's like, you're listening to Dan. (laughs) The sweet sweet sounds sounds of Dan's voice. Uh, But... Yeah, thanks for coming in, and we got some interesting, fun questions for you today, uh, including what is the Fermi Paradox? If you don't know what it is, stay tuned. It's very interesting. Uh, was the moon landing a hoax for all you conspiracy theorists out there? And what TV shows had disappointing endings, uh, including you Game of Throners, or what would you call Game of Thrones fans? I don't know. I mean, I'm sort of a fan, but I'm not that involved in it. So, like, you, I would never be at a comic con dressed up as somebody from Game of Thrones. So I, was, I don't know, but but we will be talking probably about just it. Game of Thrones fans, and I'm trying to come up with a name. <laughs> you just throw errs at the end of everything, like Q code, Q code errs, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones errs. <laughs> that's what you are. You're from Utah. You're a Utah. But <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. But yeah, so get, just before we get into our, our topics for the day, uh, I saw a video earlier today that I just, for whatever reason, I found it intriguing. I mean, it's nothing that's like earth shattering as far as like it's not that we haven't been heading this direction for a long time. But Ford has just released a robot or at least started advertising a robot called Digit that they're saying could potentially be a robot that could deliver packages uh, for you. Like if you order things from Amazon or wherever you order your packages from, um, and it will be an autonomous vehicle. It'll drive to your house. It'll pull up and then the trunk opens and the robot kind of gets pushed out and then he picks up. It's a van. So don't think that it looks like somebody just kidnapped a robot and now he's finally escaping. (laughs) And, (laughs) but I will say we're going to post the video, but it does look weird because I did not know it was an autonomous vehicle. I just thought that like they just used any excuse to have a little robot deliver a package to your front door. (laughs) And so they drive the van, go into your driveway, (laughs) the back of the van opens and they just let the little robot out and give it a package. And then he, goes and puts it up. I was like, why don't you just get out of the car? I feel like this would take so much longer just to wait for this robot to deliver the package. <laughs> <laughs> well, my issue with it is the robot, why does it have to be humanoid? Like, looking. Well, it's yeah, not. With the two really, arms. That was the, part of, like, what I was saying. Well, But no, it is. It's a two arms, two legs. Okay. It's walking on two legs. It has to carry heavy packages. Why not just put it on wheels or four legs like or something Johnny like that. five. Why make it? Ha- I mean, I guess it's more, it's, I guess. What? Sorry. You guys don't know who Johnny five is. Huh? Just named the random. <laughs> it's a real Johnny five from short circuit. Johnny. I'm Johnny five. I am alive. No, I don't you know guys what you're talking suck. about. <laughs> anyway, comment somewhere, social media pages, Tell like, them how much they suck for not knowing like, what short circuit is. It's like Peter Eleven. 
it's Johnny Five. Okay. Anyway, continue, Alan. <laughs> so I mean, I guess it's more. It's it's less. If you're opening your door to a robot, you might, I guess, feel more comfortable with it with two arms and two legs <laughs> yeah, versus but- like a like a on four legs or something like that. But I feel like it'd be more efficient. I also feel like there's going to be some punk kids that just start like bullying it (laughs) as it's trying to (laughs) deliver the package. So So I start pushing it. (laughs) You guys saw the video and I I got the link to the video from like an entire article that that's how I first note like um, found it was I read this article about it. And it says that, yeah, I mean, obviously, if people are going out of their way to bully it, I think you could knock it down. But it's made to be fairly balanced and be able to uh, take people bumping into it. It's supposed to be able to let navigate like the stairs that it shows when it walks up the stairs. It's supposed to navigate like around objects so that it doesn't trip over them and stuff like that. I think just my point was just that maybe they should, you know, program it to know Kung Fu like uh, Baymax from Big Hero Big Six or whatever it's called. Big Hero Six. Big Hero Six. <laughs> but Hero yeah. Big Six. Yeah. <laughs> so Johnny Five, Hero Big Six. What's number seven, Trev? References all over here. I've never seen know. that. <laughs> but you've never seen No. Nope. The Michelin man looking thing? Yeah. yeah. Why I've never seen it. Well, why don't good. you watch it with Garen? And also Garen watch short Michelin man guy so. too. <laughs> Michigan. But, but yeah, so that might be our future going forward is just robots. Now, also, uh, apparently the Terminator trailer has just hit, which I haven't seen yet. But that just, I mean, that's we're starting right into Judgment Day as soon as our robots are delivering packages. So just my thoughts. <laughs> so is this new? When does it come out? It's Terminator Six. I don't know. I just looked. I just got a notification. Literally, right as we Does hit have record. Arnold in it. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Is this supposed to take place like after what they I the last ones, or is it supposed I to? Don't go back? know. I haven't seen the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I'm looking forward to the new Godzilla that drops on uh, May 31st. Ooh. Looks pretty sweet. Godzilla. All, All right. right. Well. For yeah, like Trav said, we're gonna post that video um, on our social media. So if you would like, go check it out. Let us know what you think of this new robot. Uh, from like I said, from the article I read, it does not appear that it's going to be something that they're going to use in public anytime uh, in the near future. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing things like that within the next five years or so. Just yeah, drop. They're already packages. delivering stuff with drones, so. But yeah, let's get into Dan's question of the day. What is the Fermi paradox? Honestly, had no clue what it was. I had to look it up to do the post. So, well, you're in for a treat. (laughs) Hello! How long is this this, this intro? I'll explain in a second. Wait, you got to be quiet. No! Okay. <laughs> All right. So back to what Travis was saying in episode one is like, let's make this a game. If anyone can guess what that is from, post it in our social media and let us know and you will win. If you're correct, what, <laughs> you will win our respect. 
<laughs> I really feel like you should have just had, uh, I mean, I know this might be given like a little bit away, but you just should have had that scene from Independence Day where Will Smith just goes, welcome to Earth, because you guys love that line oh, yeah. so much. That would have been a good one, too. But what is the but Fermi no, like, paradox? But seriously, like I picked out the sounder, and I, could, I was hoping that there was one where there was like hellos or like, is there anybody out there? Like closer together, but that was the closest together I could find. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's why it was so long. Cause oh. I, even me, when I was like finding it, I was like, this is a little long, but <laughs> so let's get into the Fermi paradox. So quickly, what is a paradox? A conundrum. Alan? Something that contradicts <laughs> itself. Yeah. You guys are pretty much right on. Yes. The definition that I have is, <laughs> or I found on the internet is a seemingly absurd or self-contradictory statement or proposition that when investigated or explained may prove to be well-founded or true. So I don't know why, but I've always loved paradoxes. And I think I was trying to think of why do I like paradoxes so much? There's two reasons that I could really think of one. I think the word paradox sounds cool. Like <laughs> it's just like a fun word to say, like paradox, plutonium. It's just a fun word. Plutonium. I don't know what a dox is, but they also they always seem come they in pairs, pairs, pair yeah. of oh. dogs. And then also because I love anything that makes me sit back and think for a bit. So something that somebody tells me, and I'm like, yeah, let me <laughs> think about that for a minute. I enjoy those. So. <laughs> That leads us to the Fermi paradox. So like Trav said, he didn't know what it was until he looked it up. I think Alan knew what it was, right? Yeah. So, of course, what the Fermi, per- what the Fermi paradox uh, basically is, is uh, that there's a whole idea of if there is so many, like the universe is so large, right? Yes. So there's so many opportunities. There's trillions of, or more, I mean, how many stars are there? Well, in the quadrillion. Have, have you counted all the stars, Alan? <laughs> well, there's <laughs> how like, many of them in, are on there? average? There's in like a hundred billion per galaxy, and there's like a hundred yeah. billion galaxies. So whatever that equals, a hundred billion <laughs> times hundred billion. We know that. <laughs> how? No, don't answer that question. I feel like we can just <laughs> <laughs> so. The Milky Way universe, is like two or three hundred billion. The, it always changes. Like the more information we gather, the more we can. Yeah, because like, I feel like it was a hundred billion, and yeah, now it's I've up heard, to like as high as four hundred. It's billion. funny if you go back in the day, they're like they're like ten billion. If you're that like sounds like a ago. good number. But now we're up to like two or three hundred billion. Because back in the day, that was as high as they counted. So, well, it's because we're realizing billion and one. Well, for (laughs) you can't see most of the stars. We can only see with our naked eye like a few thousand, and that's that's it. But yeah, we're realizing most of the stars out there are super dim red dwarfs, like. Because I think what they said is like percent of them. Are, even so. if you ha- were like out camping in the desert and you look up, basically like the most stars you really could see is like twenty five hundred stars, or yeah, something like, something that. like that. But anyway, so there's a one hundred billion times a hundred billion roughly stars in the universe. You just take those. There's planets around a lot of those stars. A lot of those stars are sun like or like are like our sun. And then there's a lot of planets that are in the Goldilocks zone. Which, which could, way, by the way, 
Um, That's made I up. think the statistic is <laughs> the statistic since since the Kepler survey and us like discovering all these exoplanets, they've at least in our galaxy, they think it's about an average of one point six planets per star. So yeah, and I've heard numbers like around like a trillion, Half, yeah, or up to could be up to a trillion. Yeah. I feel like in we're our, really getting like fixated on how many stars there are. <laughs> well, that's a big part of it. <laughs> but anyway, because of that, like there's so many potential possibilities for life to to spring up and to evolve, right? So that's what happened here uh, to us on Earth. And yes, it could be an entire another conversation, and we will keep it another conversation on like what all caused life to be possible here on earth. But that's like another long story. So we're just going to say, hypothetically speaking, for sake of argument, yeah, there's a whole bunch of possibilities um, or chances that life could have sprung up somewhere, even just within our galaxy, let alone the universe as a whole. Well, if that's the case, then why have we not been contacted or, or why are we not aware of any intelligent life out there? There's no hard proof that says, yeah, there's an existence of another civilization or an alien species that's intelligent and has the ability to contact us, right? Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, then you kind of have this, I guess, paradox where it's this should be the case. There should be all this life, but there's not. It's like the paradox is being in the middle of Times Square – and then not seeing anybody. Yeah, but what if all the other... But even more so. What if all the yeah. other life that's out there is just like us? To where it's like, okay, we have the technology to get to a certain extent outside of our, uh, out of our world. But like we, we don't have the ability to really go further than... Like we can't travel like interstellarly yeah. Yeah. Like to we other just star barely sent so maybe the reason why we don't know is just because all the other things that are out there are like us and that could be and that's like that's definitely a possibility case closed <laughs> so <laughs> man I should be a scientist <laughs> <laughs> we're done with that one let's move on but yeah, so Eat it, Fermi. the Fermi <laughs> paradox Fermi. is named the Fermi paradox apparently from the fact that uh, Enrico Fermi went to lunch in the 1950 with some of his colleagues and he just happened to comment or say, where is everyone? And apparently when he said, where is everyone? He just meant that it. he was being stood up and nobody <laughs> came to lunch with him. And then <laughs> I thought it, I agreed too because when I was reading it, I was like, it seems like a, a big leap, but it's just like, but the guys that he was with just knew automatically that he was talking about everyone as in like, where's all the other intelligent life besides us on earth where I would have taken it the same way. Everyone in like, this restaurant. If, if I would have gone to lunch with him too and somebody would have said, where is everyone? I'd be like, oh, are you looking for the waitress? I have not eaten the tacos yet. (laughs) (laughs) You just assume that he's German. Enrico. Yeah, that's not German accent. What's German? That's like a... You said German. (laughs) (laughs) I was being Hispanic. Hispanic. (laughs) That that explains the tacos. Yeah. He was like Antonio Banderas singing. (laughs) (laughs) Accents are not my forte. (laughs) But yeah, so that's basically what he was talking about. So when it comes down to about it, not Fermi then went apparently and he went and did a bunch of calculations to do what we basically just talked about saying like, well, there's all these different things. And if, if there's this many stars and potential planets, then we should have life 
that has already been here and contacted us. So do you guys know what the Drake Drake's equation is? Yes. Trav? No. <laughs> I was trying you, to come up with something, some smart aleck remark with Drake. <laughs> so <laughs> the rapper. I'll give you I'll give you like a 30 second synopsis on this equation. But this dude, Dr. Fra- Dr. Frank Drake came up with an equation Dr. in 1961, Drake. I believe it was. Yeah, isn't that friends? Dr. Drake Ramore. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say Dr. Dre, but oh. then Dr. Drake Ramore from Friends, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually know a Dr. Drake in okay. real life. Oh. But if you want to figure out the number of civilizations in our galaxy in which communication is possible, he came up with this equation. And the equation is the average rate of star formation per year in our galaxy times the fraction of those stars with planets times the average number of those planets that may develop an ecosystem times the fraction of those planets that succeed in developing life times the fraction of those planets with life that develop intelligent life times the fraction of those planets with intelligent life that develop interstellar communication (laughs) times the average length of time such civilizations survive and continue to send communications. Does it say in there how to figure out those each individually? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the issue with the Drake So that is the problem with the Drake There's a lot of just guessing those parameters so whether yeah whether you go with fermi's calculations or you go with the drake equation the main problem just like alan said or what you're getting at is they're all subjective like we don't know the answer to any of those uh individual variables so how are we supposed to calculate all those variables together if we don't even know what each variable is how does fermi explain all of the blurry videos that we see of flying saucers (laughs) and area 51 (laughs) that we hear about and roswell (laughs) i know unfortunately i think wasn't part of this calculation i think he died before video and area 51 this this would have been awesome this day and age for him how old how long ago was fermi well, 1950 was when he oh, said, where is everyone? Then. There was plenty of video. <laughs> <laughs> it would be interesting if like when we do pass away and we are like talking to him and then we're just, <laughs> he's like, seriously, I just meant like, where's the waitress? Like, I don't care. <laughs> it's like Danny's first thing. As soon as he dies, he's like, where is Fermi? <laughs> I have to ask him what was his main intent for that question. <laughs> I need to talk to him. But... <laughs> Anyway, so that's the that's kind of the history and the setup of Fermi's paradox. So there's kind of there you can break it into a whole bunch of different categories, I guess. There's like the traditional three categories that you could break believers into of the Fermi paradox or what they think uh, is the answer to Fermi's paradox. But I'm gonna keep it simple and we're gonna go with two. So there's we could break it into two groups. There's group number one, and we would describe group number one as they would think there are no signs of higher civilization civilizations because there are no higher civilizations so we are the highest pretty cut and dry just basically the reason that where we haven't been contacted or we don't know of any alien races out there is just because there aren't any alien races out there and we're the only ones so if that's the case there could be a few different reasons for that one just lucky like we just hit the genetic lottery we just happen to be the one place in the universe that life sprung up and we are now the dominant intelligent species Mm. right or we could just be the first 
to get mm-hmm. to the, where we are. Because mm-hmm. maybe there is a whole bunch of life everywhere, but they're like still way behind Less us. Advanced. They're just single-celled organisms or they're animals or like just they haven't got to a point where they're actually intelligent beings like we are. Like Battlestar Galactica. Did you ever watch that? Uh-uh. Oh, yeah, like yeah. A couple yeah. of the, episodes. But that, wait, the Cylons? No. Yeah, with the Cylons? Cylons. I'm saying just because they bounce around from from world to world or from planet to planet. I actually, planet. actually anyway. am like, I have four episodes left of the four seasons. And I think that's the it, is just four seasons. It's good. And I don't understand why it was only four seasons. So you've but. watched almost four seasons of a show. Trav said, have you seen this show? <laughs> <laughs> and you said, no. Oh, wait, wait, maybe I have. <laughs> it's because, do you want to know the reason? Because That is a paradox this. to me. Because I get, for some reason, the name Battlestar Galactica and Stargate SG-1 or whatever kind of mixed up in oh. my head. For like for a brief second, every because time for some reason, like, they I'm both like, have which the one name was star in it, <laughs> and I guess they both have a G. <laughs> anyway, so there's those reasons, um, and then there's the other one that's just we are there. We're one of many, uh, but no one gets that far. So basically, meaning they have a whole idea that they call the Great Filter. Um, Alan, have you heard of the Great Filter? I have. Okay, so. Um, I use it to make coffee every morning. Uh, it is the great filter. It's the great filter. <laughs> it makes great coffee. <laughs> he's like, their slogan is, <laughs> been the using the, he's been using the same filter for years now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, those are disposable. That's, that's gross. But yeah, so there's this idea of great filters or great filter. And what a great filter is, is just something along the line that just makes it so that's very, very difficult for life to get past it. So, I mean, you could think of a great filter as like, maybe it's just super difficult to go from no life to life in general. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what happened on earth billions of years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's just, it, maybe that's not that hard to do, but it's really, really hard to get from single celled organisms to multi-celled or complex organisms. And maybe that's a great filter that anytime most, uh, planets with life on it get to that point, they just can't get past it. Or perhaps it's just the fact that we can't go from animals or whatever to intelligent beings. So it's really hard to break that barrier. But whatever it is, they're saying that there's some kind of a filter out there that just makes it very, very difficult for life to get past. And so there's kind of two ways to look at it. You can look at it and be like, okay, maybe we're just super lucky and we're already past whatever that great filter is. And that's why we're the only ones, but we were the ones that got lucky and made it this far. Yeah. On the flip side, you could say the great filter is still ahead of us, in which case it's kind of a scary thought. Cause it's probably like, well then we're probably doomed to just get wiped out here at some point. <laughs> so, and that could be because we wipe ourselves out. So there's theories out there that say like anytime a species gets intelligent enough that they are able to create, like, we have nuclear weapons. Freaking robots that deliver packages. (laughs) I'm telling you guys. (laughs) It's judgment day. (laughs) But that could be the reason that we end up just like, who knows? Like, 50 years from now, we have an all-out nuclear war because we have a handful of just dumb people and it wipes out the entire species, uh, um, right? He like not a certain he's, he's president. He's not going to be president then. That's 50 <laughs> years. If the man makes it past another 20, I will be surprised. 
Well, <laughs> but skin get, cancer. At most, he can only be pres- president for six more years anyway. So we just get, I'm hoping that we just get through the past two more years. That's what our constitution says. Until <laughs> it changes. But... <laughs> <laughs> when or did the Constitution matter. The there's another idea time? that hey, the great filter is really like there was an original intelligent species that popped up billions of years ago because they had a huge head start on everyone else, and they now just patrol oh, the universe yeah, 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 yeah. and they just wait for you to get to a certain point, and when they feel like okay. You're far enough advanced that now you're a threat to them. They're, or at least beginning to possibly be a threat. Then now we'll just come over there and wipe you out. Yeah. So like you won't even know how to deal with us because we're so far beyond you still. But we'll just come and like, oh, okay, yeah, they figured out how to travel to another star. So basically so now they're done. The first one to the finish line turns Ooh. around. And wipes anybody out who even comes close to, fi- to finish line. Yeah. So the first will always be the only like yep. superior beings in the universe. So Ricky Bobby was telling the truth. If you're not first, you're last. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or, or more, if you're not first, you're dead. Yeah. Uh, would be how these guys would say it. So that's, so I that's hope, the one. I hope we are first and then we're the Then we just turn around and yeah. kill everybody. <laughs> yeah. Rather than to be in that role, suckers. I mean, I guess it would be better to be in that role than the opposite role. I mean, we could try to be the altruistic and and, but if you have to choose A or B, I would rather be the one doing the killing than (laughs) getting my butt killed. I feel like that's another you know topic of morality and ethics that we have to to discuss. But (laughs) so. And then we'll get into quickly group two. So group two would be uh, described as intelligent civilizations are out there and there are logical reasons why we may not have heard from them. So this, there's like a whole bunch of theories um, that you can get into, but I'm going to focus on one theory for the sake of time. So they have one theory that basically says it's called the zoo hypothesis theory. And then have you heard of that one Al? The zoo hypothesis that yeah zoos exist they're real yeah have you Trav I know zoos we have one <laughs> do you hypothesize about them no so no, I'm I'm not quite sure what you're talking about so the zoo hypothesis theory is basically for like states for whatever reason we are being watched uh, by far more advanced alien life that's out there. And basically, they could be watching us through, if you want to consider it like a one-way mirror or however they can do it, but they'll be able to watch us but prevent us from seeing them. So in essence, we're like an animal in a cage at a zoo. And then there's different versions of like why this would be. People speculate like, well, we're just like, we're like the zoo. Like they just want to just watch us for their viewing pleasure. Right, they just want to, yeah, (laughs) or just like, oh, look at those animals. (laughs) There's others. This this was on an episode of Doctor Who. Mm, Like they got put into like a super advanced alien civilization zoo or something. There's another, you know, there's other hypotheses that say, uh, are we being protected by? So like, there's these other advanced civilizations out there that are protecting us from something else. The Cylons. Oh. Or those and so they're things. basically <laughs> hiding us. What are the trash cans on on Doctor Who? 
Trash cans? They like go around. Do they like look like trash cans that go around and zap people? Oh, the um. Damn it! Know. What are they? <laughs> no, no worries. The Daleks. Yeah, da- Dalek. <laughs> they're like everywhere he goes. No, they're no. just they're in a lot of they're episodes. in a lot of episodes. But. So, and then there's others that think, okay, maybe they're just waiting for us to become more advanced and worthy of contacting them because they feel like, hey, until we get to a certain point, we're not even going to understand them anyway. They're yeah. just way more advanced than we are. So they're just waiting for us to get there. I hope. And that's then what once it is. we get to a certain point, they'll let themselves be known. So these are all just different ideas around the zoo hypothesis, but basically it just means there's tons of life out there. They're watching us, but we just don't so know they're, because they're, they're preventing us. us from seeing from seeing them. Which then gets into the whole idea of like the galactic quarantine theory, which is aliens don't want to make themselves known as they want to involve and develop how we naturally would without influence from outside of Earth. So basically, we're like a science experiment. And they just want to be like, how will these guys figure things out on their own? Because we don't want to influence them at all. We're just going to let them go for it. Well, like on Star Trek, what is it? The something directive, prime directive or something like that? Where they, <laughs> Star Trek. Oh, yeah, Star Trek is. where they, they're like, they you can't interfere like with, spe- yeah, yeah, you can't interfere native with, species. Yeah. Don't, don't whatever. like make yourself seen by them or whatever. Yeah. So that's the whole idea of the zoo hypothesis. Like I said, there are just tons of things that we could go into. Honestly, I could have a two, three hour show on this, but and Trav is love to. Trav is letting me know that he doesn't. We don't want to have a two or three hour show on we this do right not now. Want to so. have a two or three hour show. But yeah, as things pop up, we'll either if you guys find this interesting and you wanted to go into some of the other ideas at some point, hit us up, let us know, and maybe we could do a part two at some point of the Fermi paradox and go into some of those other uh, hypotheses or thoughts of like what could the answer to the Fermi paradox be. But in summation. <clears throat> what would you guys find scarier as kind of a final thought experiment? If we were to find out that we were alone, would that be, would you be more scared of that? Or would you be more scared if we were to find out that we're not alone in the universe? Not alone. Cause I go under the assumption since I haven't seen anything up to this point that we're alone anyway. So not saying that that's what I believe or not believe, but haven't seen anything up to this point. So wouldn't really change much. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I would be like emotionally scared if that's the emotion, but I would be sad if it, somehow we figured out that we actually are alone. I would rather we're not. Yeah. Because I think if there's the whole idea that if we are literally it, if we're the only intelligent species in the universe and we die out or we kill ourselves off or whatever, then that's it. Like we have now completely wiped out intelligent life or all life potentially if like all life is just on earth because for whatever reason we make a mistake or we're being dumb or whatever so yeah i think that's the scary part of being alone the other flip side is we're not alone and we just get wiped out by somebody else so basically either way we get wiped out (laughs) either by our own hand or by somebody else's so either one is scary at that point all right so yeah, that's the Fermi Paradox. Uh, let us know what you guys think and if you have any thoughts on it. All right, let's move on to question number two. Was the moon landing a hoax by Alan? No way. 
We landed on the moon! <laughs> I love that clip. <laughs> landed on the moon! Should we tell them what it's from? or should You yeah. should know what it's from. <laughs> if you don't know what it's from, comment, and we will make fun of you. <laughs> uh, there's a chance, though. Seriously, like, when was that movie? When did that movie come out? Like, 96? Yeah, I was thinking 96, but... but you or maybe it's even 94 or something like that. But there's a high... There's a big chance that there's adults in the world right now that have never seen that movie because they just flat out weren't even alive. 94. And if you haven't, I don't care if you haven't been alive or you weren't alive. Freaking watch Dumb and Dumber. (laughs) I don't care if you haven't been alive. You just gave it away. You should watch it. I did give it away. But (laughs) if that's the case, like if you have not seen Dumb and Dumber, then go see it. It is one of the most I mean, quotable, quotable movies. Or, yeah. All right. Ever. So I wanted to talk about the whole conspiracy theory of the moon landing being faked by NASA and the U.S. government in the 60s. Um, the reason I wanted to talk about it is because I was watching this new uh, documentary that's out called Apollo 11. And it's a pretty amazing and sweet documentary. Like I totally recommend it. It's uh, they like revamped all the vi- all the original footage. They and it only uses original footage, and it's like minimal narration. So it's telling the story of Apollo Eleven purely through actual footage and sound of like NASA and all that stuff. So it's pretty cool. But um, so then I start thinking how like people actually like. I'm watching all this footage, real footage, and people still think that we didn't go to the moon. Um, <laughs> how do you how do you know it's real footage? Well, because my eyes don't deceive me. <laughs> but these are also the people that are thinking that the the Earth, Earth is, is still flat. <laughs> yes. So, um, <laughs> flat Earthers. But the thing is, uh, so today. If you take uh, young young people like aged eighteen to twenty four, statistics show that up to twenty percent of Americans aged eighteen to twenty four think that we couldn't or that we did not go to the moon. That it's it because was conspiracy. they these eighteen to twenty four year olds cannot comprehend old footage. Exactly, <laughs> they're like, wait, where's all the CGI? <laughs> It's so, fake. So it's yeah. obviously not HD. There's a reason that you guys blurred the image. Why isn't it in color? Because it's been 50 years now, I think, since we've been to the moon. Since we've even gone back to the moon. Well, they um, originally went to the moon in 1969, which was 50 years ago. They've been there since then. Oh, okay. So then 40-ish. Yeah, because they went through the 70s a little bit. Okay. I don't think they went past but, the 70s. So, so that's why, you know, I think the younger generation, they weren't. It's like for some reason, it's hard for them to believe anything that happened before they were alive. It's freaking generation. The fact that we haven't even been close to going back to the moon isn't offering any evidence that we were there. If it seems like we cannot go there now, you know? Um, So (laughs) it's like, if we could go to the moon, why don't we just go to the moon like now? That might be rectified. We'll need to. I think we should. I think we should just to show them that we actually have been there by landing right next to the equipment we left there and be like, "Hey, 
Let's take a selfie with it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, and then I was wondering, like, what what would be motives for us to fake landing on the moon? Why would NASA do that? And, you know, the obvious big one was the Cold War. We were in a space race, race with Russia um, because they put Sputnik up into space first, which is the first satellite. Sputnik. I think they put the first human in space. Does anybody else, when they think of Sputnik, though, just I always think of a potato. <laughs> yeah. Spud. I think of a, you know, that experiment where you can, like, take a potato and you, like, poke a stick through it and you just put it, like, half in water. Or, and then it, like, starts spouting yeah. and stuff. That's, That's. I always think of the satellite as just like a potato with sticks through it. <laughs> <laughs> we got a potato launcher. That's how Sputnik came to be. <laughs> but yeah, so they were kicking our asses in, in, in the Cold War at that time, technologically and in space advancement, um, which was a scary thing because people thought, if they can put stuff into space, they're just going to drop nukes on our heads. So... Of course, it was a big deal that we needed to beat them in the space race. Which I think is actually, like, when you go through conspiracy theories in general, that's actually, in my opinion, um, that's pretty compelling, I guess, as far as the motivation goes. Not nukes getting dropped on your head? Well, no, just or the just whole idea to of, like, hey, we want to beat Russia. Because everything Russia represents at the time oh, yeah. was, like, completely, like, anti what the U.S. was at least trying to say that they represent. And so now you have these two powerhouses going head-to-head. And basically, like, yeah, I'm sure leaders in the U.S. government were very, very adamant about we cannot let them beat us because yeah. if we do that looks bad on us and yeah like it would maybe yeah. worry the masses or something so basically the motivations would be to win the cold war to beat them uh to beat russia in the space race and uh since we were like the two superpowers you know on earth at the time it's either us or them our our basically world prestige was on the line you know, if we lose, the world doesn't look at us in like a prestigious light. Uh, so, also, people say for, we had forty billion dollar budget to go to the moon, and that's plenty of money to fake anything. So that's how they they think. Like we just had unlimited money, we could do anything and fake anything well, we could, other than go to the we moon. We can print our own money. So. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, I just wanted to get into. There, there are a lot of cons- uh, reasons that conspiracy theorists put out there of like this is evidence of why we didn't go to the moon. Everything so is I can't. Evidence. We obviously can't hit all of them. So how about I'll give you some that I've heard, and then you tell me why those uh, can be proven wrong, or what would? Well, be the I'll truth try because I prepared. So. <laughs> Why don't we let him <laughs> okay. talk about the ones well, you that he's can, prepared? If you want to do a couple, you can. Okay, so they say that there's no way that they were actually on the moon because when they pull the American flag out, the American okay, flag was, yeah, I appears to be waving. How do you explain that? Because there should be no wind on the moon. I can explain this one, Daniel Sun. Okay. Um, so yeah, they think it's the flag looks like it's waving in the wind which there is no wind on the moon because there's no atmosphere, so it must have been on Earth. Uh, But in reality, the fact that there is no atmosphere on on the moon when 
and it's only ever looking like the flag is waving in the wind when the astronauts are moving the pole around and mm-hmm. like adjusting it to uh, set it up. So basically, so it's, it's just, moving yeah. because they're moving it. <laughs> it's like the most simple, logical explanation, but it's like, somehow they think, oh, the wind is flapping it. But no, it's the momentum from the astronauts literally moving the flag. And then even for a few seconds after they stop touching the flag, it still looks like it's waving, but that's because with no atmosphere to dampen the movement, it's like literally, it's just swinging to a stop. Mm-hmm. With, with no resistance. Is that, would that have anything to do with the fact that there's a lot less gravity on the moon too? So it would take it longer for the gravity to actually keep stop this Probably, swinging? yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's going to look like it's like going slower like it does in the... Yeah. All right. So how about this, Al? I get to play devil's advocate in this part, which I love doing. Trav knows that. His name should be devil's advocate. <laughs> he just... Everything. <laughs> Let me be devil's advocate. I always say. I always say. Let me be devil's advocate. Does the devil really need an advocate? It's just, it's just is the devil like favorite game? Is the devil ever like, who will stand up for me? It's like, and then I'm like, let me play the devil's advocate. <laughs> you should just make a board game of it and uh, <laughs> call it devil's devil's advocate, advocate and then. You know, like when you play board games with your family, <laughs> like, well, what game should we play? Oh, oh, I get to pick. Let's play devil's advocate. <laughs> I get to be the devil or the advocate. I could be the advocate. Okay, who's the devil and who's the advocate? <laughs> Which, by the way, for some reason, I love, I, I like that movie with, 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 with Keanu, Keanu Reeves, Reeves and Al Pacino and, Al Pacino, and Charlie's Theron. Theron. I haven't seen it for a long time. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch it again. But, okay, so how about this? If, there's conspiracy theorists out there who will say, well, if there's no way that they went to the moon because freak, if you look at the background, there are no stars in the background. So if we can see stars from here on earth, I can go to Las Vegas where it's like the most brightly lit city and I can still see a few stars. How is it possible that we're, when they're on the moon, you can't see any stars? You want me to answer this? Yes. Well, well, as somebody advocate. as somebody who's dibble dabbled in photography, uh, the human eye has a dynamic range of way more than hardware and cameras that we have. Like dynamic range meaning like the, you can see further than a camera can see, basically, is what you're saying. Well well more like dynamic range in the range of like, dimness and oh, brightness like okay. light that we can see. So like I can look right at this light up on my ceiling and it's super bright in the middle but right next to it I can see dim like the details of things right next to it. Yeah. And or like I can see things in deep shadow at the same time that I can see really bright other things like next to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Cameras their dynamic range is is like narrower, so well, they can either focus on what's in the shadows, but then everything that's in the light will get blown out, mm-hmm. or they can focus on what's in the light, and then everything in the shadows will be like the shadows will be super dark mm-hmm. and dim, and then you won't be able to see any detail in the shadows. Does that make sense? Yes. So would it be also because cameras in 1969 were probably not even as good as they are now? Yeah. They <laughs> sucked. I think that's a safe bet, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> so what you have in these pictures are like a super bright reflective moon surface and a bright 
Lem Lander in the foreground, and then you can't you can't see the dim stars so in the background. I don't know because, if this is the right word, but it's like saturating. Yeah, the photo I because think. it's pulling in all the light from the foreground. I think so. Yeah. Um, and then I think just as a, anybody who wants to do their own experiment, go try to take a picture of the moon with your iPhone and let me know how that goes. Cause yeah. you're going to have to zoom way in and you just get this fuzzy blob. Yeah. It's, it sucks. It's hard to get a good picture. <laughs> what is but that? no, it is it's the, the moon, exact, man. It is the exact same <laughs> concept of why when you're in a bright city at night, you cannot see a lot of stars. Because the brightness is just overwhelming all the all the dim stars. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. So I have a lot of these, but I'm just going to skip to a couple more. Um, but okay, so there's no way that they went to the moon because <laughs> devil. <laughs> because he's the devil. You can see a reflection of a stage light in one of the astronauts' helmets. So obviously they were just on a stage somewhere and they just happened to catch a reflection of the stage light. Oh, I, I didn't hear about this one. Could they but. not have a light there? Like, is that not possible? <laughs> I mean, this is just my question. Oh, yeah. I, is this, uh, I thought about this. Honestly, the pictures that I saw, I can't really make it out. Well, it's probably so like I'm just a sure. big blur and they're like, that is definitely a stage light. <laughs> well, from everything I heard, from everything I heard, they didn't have any stage lighting or any like any other lights with them i don't think so maybe they they'd did. have to have something i mean wouldn't it be like super dark well the sun no they were because oh, well, they landed on the day side which I mean, and then the day side is like what 14 days it's two weeks for a day on just to be in like on the light side on the moon so and they were there for like a f- couple days maybe even Maybe just like a day. No, I always thought Anyways. it was just a couple hours, but I don't oh. know. I could be so wrong. they were there. I think it was actually they were there for like two days or something oh. like that. See, I learned something new. But yeah, the whole time they're in the day. So my theory, I mean, just hearing it, was is maybe it's just the sun. The sun's out there. Like it's a huge giant light in the sky. So, and they have those super reflective. Uh, I think maybe on there. you should research that a little bit more and then if you find anything interesting about it let us know um in or maybe post something on social media about it but i have another one so there's no way that they landed on the moon because there's shadows in the photos that are going in all different directions and if you have one light source in the sun all the shadows should go the same direction they should be parallel so how do you explain that al so i was actually watching mythbusters and they explained this one. They like made a whole uh, scale model and everything. And using one light source, they were able to make the shadows go in different angles just because like the ground is slanted. Basically, that's it. The topography. Like the rocks are on a hill and like the hill slants down this way. So like the the shadow looks like it's it's at an angle. Does that make sense? Mm. So and so, it literally it could is bounce off uneven like, ground. Bounce off different hills and craters and and scatter the light enough to create shadows that go different. Yeah, directions. it could be too. Is that kind of what you're saying? That <laughs> could could be because because that actually is the explanation for the. Um, should I make this the last one? Sure. All right. So one of the big. Uh, 
things that conspiracy theorists like to throw out there is the fact that there's a picture of an astronaut coming down the ladder from the LEM in the on the like in the shadow, so the sun is directly on the other side, casting a huge black shadow um, on the side the astronauts coming down, the, and then the astronaut is just like he's lit, but he's literally standing in a huge shadow of the limb that's mm-hmm. very dark, and they're like, "Well, that's obviously stage lighting. You have to have a second light source that's shining on him to light him for the picture." Um, but the, the surface of the moon is pretty reflective. That's why it's pretty bright in our sky. So it's base is just reflecting light. The moon dust. (laughs) It is. It has a albedo of like seven to 10%. So like up to 10% of the light is just directly reflected. Mm. That's plenty of light to just bounce up and light other things. Is he completely from different angles? What? Is he completely illuminated in, in this photo that they're talking about? Yeah. He's pretty illuminated. So I'm just going to say this as we as we kind of come to an end on this. And uh, you can answer this if you want, but it's really more of a rhetorical question. If it was faked, why? Like, I mean, why? No, let me take that back. Why do people even care? Like, why is this coming up and why does it matter? It doesn't change anything. Like, I mean, now, <laughs> but I mean, it would suck if like we found out that it was fake, but I'm just saying in the, in the grand scheme of things, like how is our lives different from them thinking that it's fake? That's my point. I think, uh, I think just people like to just theor or, you know, they just like to do it just because they're bored. Yeah. I think it was a play it would have been a advocate. much stupid. They it just love playing, much <laughs> love playing bigger Danny's board game. issue. <laughs> Back closer to when it occurred. Now, 50 years removed. Yes, it would still be a big deal from the fact that it changes history. It changes the fact that the U.S. was the first one up there, at least up, I mean, at that point. So I guess there's those things. But yes, I don't think I agree with you. I don't think that necessarily all of a sudden, like, we're going to not have to go to work tomorrow yeah. because well, no, it and comes out. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I get that it would it would change a lot of things as far as, like, you know, history-wise. But why people even like care to think that it's a conspiracy? Why can't you just be happy that we landed on the freaking moon, fake or not? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of reasons, like Alan's pointed out. I'm sure if you research online, you can figure it out. Uh, but there's tons of reasons to think that it's not fake. And, you know, some of them would be like, you'd have to keep how many people at NASA quiet over all these years? How many governments around the world would have to like all be in on this conspiracy to basically say like, yeah, we're not going to say anything. Cause there's, I mean, the Russian government would have been like the number one, you know, source out there that would have been trying to prove it fake if they thought it was fake. Um, But finally, like, there are supposedly, and Alan, you can maybe speak to this as we close up, but there's supposedly retro reflectors on the moon, uh, moon surface that they laid there. Yeah. So you can shine a laser up, point it at the moon, and if you can hit on the, the reflector, it'll bounce back or something like that. So that's a way to like prove that we've been there because we laid these reflectors down. Yeah, and like not, we're not talking like a handheld laser. We're talking <laughs> like a one gigawatt Hundred billion times more. Somebody just goes to like the dollar store, gets one of those lasers, like it is not bouncing off the moon. (laughs) (laughs) This is proof. So yeah, there that it's a hoax. There are scientific facilities around the world that 
on a route like a hundred times a year use these uh, to make measurements. They shine a laser at the reflector, uh, measure how much time it takes to come back so they know the exact distance to the moon at that exact time. Mm. And I think the moon they found is actually, every year it gets like a quarter inch further away from the Earth or something like that. So we're doomed. A billion years is going to be... It's going to be pretty far further. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that suck if you like created a cannon or something to shoot you to the moon, but you like calculated on last year's um, calculations (laughs) and you're like, like, oh no. And then you just fall to your abyss of nothingness. You'd float to your doom. (laughs) I was so close. I was a quarter of an inch away. Well, all you have to do is get like three fourths of the way there and then the gravity will do the rest yeah dummy so go all right that quarter inch just means it all, means everything all right why don't we get into trav Wait, real quick though uh, i have to just say an analogy that i had so people who think that a hundred like a hundred thousand people that worked on getting to the moon or making it making the hoax kept this secret go to your office this week tell tell everybody there that you just pooped your pants and see if nobody tells anybody else. <laughs> okay. Somebody will somebody say will say something. It will get out. Alan just pooped his pants. There's no way people keep secrets. Is that an analogy? It's his idea. It's a dare. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. Let's get into our third question. Uh, which is what TV shows had disappointing endings? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 (laughs) Such a great scene. Um, That's like my son Kai's favorite sounder, too, for whatever reason. He likes sending that to people for various reasons. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of perfect. Now, this uh, this all came about. Um, there's been so much talk uh, recently this week uh, because of the Game of Thrones finale. Uh, some of it has to do with just the whole last season, but uh, it kind of got me thinking um, just about other shows, TV shows that you know we've watched and we've all loved that you know were so great until the very end, and you're like, that sucked, like. Totally. <laughs> and so that is just in my mind. Like the buildup is so great yeah. in your head too that when it gets there. Yeah. And uh, that's just in my mind. That's just kind of how people react to things. It's like, I mean, imagine you are literally spending years and years of your life. I mean, most of these seasons and, and, and shows that I've covered, they're, they're like eight, eight nine years. seasons. Mm-hmm. So that's nine years that you have spent just enthralled in this show you love the characters or you hate them but you if they're the characters that you hate you love to hate them you and then all of a sudden just at the very end it just doesn't turn out how you thought it would be or how it should be and it just ruins the whole thing so i came up with a list uh 
I have five of them that I wanted to discuss a little bit more in depth. Um, not a lot in depth, just for sake of time and things like that. And then I have a uh, um, an on or a dishonorable mention list. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, with that clip that we just played with Michael Scott there on the office, uh, gets me into my number one uh, selection, which is The Office. Now, do not get me wrong. Love The Office. I can watch it over and over. It's just pretty much right when Michael leaves, that's when it sucks. Which, if I remember, we talked about this, and he says like the last two seasons. Yeah, I think he leaves, uh, because there are nine seasons, so I think he leaves at the end of the six, so maybe there's like... Two, yeah, two or three seasons yeah. that uh, that he is not there, and these are the reasons why. So after after he leaves, it all falls apart. I mean, they tried to reconcile by um, you know by adding some other interesting things to to pay attention to. Uh, for example, like Andy and the Aaron, the the new secretary, or, or yeah, their love interest. But then, like, as soon as it happens, they just dissolve it. Like, and Andy is kind of a goober anyway, so it doesn't, like, nobody's really that interested in him. Um, well, that, and don't they, like, bring in big name stars? Well, just for a little bit as, like, a transition. Yeah. Then, you know, Andy eventually gets the, gets the job, but spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, they try and, they, and the thing is, is that they kind of create this love interest between Andy and Aaron for a long time. And then as soon as they get together, they just dissolve it. Like, it, like oh, okay, just kidding. We didn't really want this to happen. Andy's going to be really, really weird and then just go off and try and be a an, American an Idol star. Like yeah, or an actor. Um, <laughs> well, he did both. But, but I, I have to admit, one of the funniest things that I ever saw in The Office, it was Andy when he gets like an acting job for like a – company's oh, safety yeah. video his eyes he has to keep his eyes open get his eyes yeah. sprayed with water i am and, and again i am not saying that there aren't good moments <laughs> in those final seasons it's just yeah, the I direction just, they yeah. went to try and make up for the fact that steve carell was gone just was very disappointing um they also you know did the whole thing with dwight and angela again but in my opinion, I don't think that carried a lot of weight either because, number one, Angela is a horrible person and didn't deserve happiness. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, we all love Dwight, but, you know, it just – that was something that was going on. I mean, like, Dwight and Angela were cheating with each other and yeah. the whole time. Wait, who were they with? Well, I mean, well, Angela with was with senator. Andy and then with the oh, senator. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Dwight was always by himself, but, uh, you know, he sort of had some interests in other places, like that one farm chick. But um, <laughs> So anyway, there was that. And then, and then the biggest reason is that they tried to ruin Jim and Pam. It was like, oh, okay, we already did the Jim and Pam thing. That's the thing that carries the most weight. That's who people love right now. But so what we're going to do is we're going to, you know, create some some tension between them. And it's like, no, you took this perfect couple that were, I mean, yeah, they have issues and fight, you know, whatever, but you made them almost doubt their love for each other, which was from what we saw at the very beginning of, of the series couldn't have happened. And then they yeah. introduced this like guy who was there the whole time holding the boom mic and <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my gosh, it just made me <laughs> mad. So... <laughs> That whole thing, that is why The Office ended horribly, and I'm mad that they did that. But uh, so on to number two is uh, 
is Dexter. Did either of you watch Dexter? I, I started watching the first couple seasons, but that's right. as far My as wife got. watched it, um, so I saw episodes periodically, but I didn't watch like all the way through. All right. So if you haven't seen it, Dexter is like a uh, blood splatter pathologist or whatever, works for the Miami Police Department, and he is secretly a serial killer, but he only kills the bad people. Oh, we're um, not talking Dexter's Laboratory? No, we are not. Just kidding. You idiot. But so quickly to like just so to set it up. So Dexter was super popular for what reason? I mean, I know it was, it was fairly well done. Um, there's like I think it was, it like was a, just one of those believable, right? Well, it was just one of those things that like you're watching it and you're watching this guy who is a psychopath and he is murdering people, but you are cheering for him and it was super weird. Yeah. But uh, and and you. You uh, you know, connected with him on certain levels and things like that. And he's, he's a, a likable guy. He's a forensic scientist, yeah. right? That works for the police. Yeah. yeah. But so he uses that as his cover so to that kill and kill to kill other people that are bad. Like yeah. his dad originally like taught him how to kill and get away with. Well, it, because right? his dad knew because that he knew he was a, he, like he had to kill. Yeah. Like, oh. So he taught him. He gave him rules, and so that helped him do everything without getting caught. But anyway, no, I won't be talking about the whole series as much as it is just the final uh, episode and this is what i wrote here so dexter's ending was close to being good but it wasn't here's what happened in a summation dexter kills the final bad guy saxton with a pen but not before deb dexter's sister gets a bullet to the gut from saxton and during surgery slips into a vegetative state meanwhile dexter sends his serial killer girlfriend hannah to <laughs> my serial phone. killer, his phone thought he said Siri, sends his serial killer Hannah uh, to Europe with his son Harrison, who he had with his wife Rita, who was murdered by Arthur, aka John Lithgow. Dexter then kills his sister Deb by unplugging the life support and somehow smuggling her out of the hospital into his car, then into his boat to dump her body where he had dumped so many others. Then, to end all things, he has a heartfelt moment with his son on the phone and then drives his boat into the middle of an approaching hurricane, never to be heard from again. (laughs) Not! Last scene shows that he is a lumberjack somewhere. So, So, uh, from someone who hasn't seen it, or hasn't watched the series in its entirety. Why did he take his sister to like, wouldn't that be like the last place you would want to take your sister? I think it was like like, where all the dead bad people were that you put. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't necessarily get that. It was just kind of like, you know what you deserve to, I don't be, I deserve to take care of you instead of them or something like that. I don't know. But, um, cause he, he was close with his sister or yeah. his, his half or his fake sister because they weren't real blood. But anyway, so this is what I said. So that's what happened. But here's what should have happened. Although I didn't care much for Deb, she did have kind of like a weird jaw. It looked like her jaw was always broken. But uh, <laughs> so maybe it was her jawline. But she should have lived. Uh, she in the end learns Dexter's secret and is burned burdened with that. So, um, you know. She wasn't going to be able to live with that. So what they ended up doing was they killed her. When in reality, what they should have done is they should have killed Dexter. Dexter should have died, and his son Harrison should have stayed with Deb. And Hannah, 
well, who cares what happened to Hannah? Hannah, by the way, she was also a murderer. <laughs> so, oh, the girlfriend? girlfriend? Yeah, his girlfriend was... I thought he hated other serial killers. Well, she was kind of like a black widow type. Like, she oh. would just poison people, like her husbands or whatever. So well, she fine. was a no threat to his <laughs> child. And you did kind of feel for her, like you liked her and stuff, just like you liked him. Mm-hmm. They did a good job with that, but I just feel like they ended it kind of weird. So it had the makings of a good ending, but then they just kind of flubbed up on some. Deb so. was his uh, was a cop, right? Yeah, she was okay. a cop. All right, number three. This is a big one. Lost. This is probably uh, the big one. The biggest, like the worst ending for a show that I've watched. All right. So here's what happened. At the end, there's six seasons. So at the end of season five... Jack and the crew set off a hydrogen bomb, which resulted in two timelines. So it split it split the show into two timelines. If you remember, the show always went back and forth. But it was like flashbacks. Flashbacks. Yeah. But this time, what it did was it created two different timelines. One where they were still on the island from that point forward in, in, current, uh, in the present time. And then another where the plane never crashed. And it just kept, for the whole season, kept going back and forth between those two. Basically, at the end of everything, Jack saves the day, gets people off the island. So in one timeline, people do survive, but Jack ends up getting injured, goes back to the the jungle or forest, wherever it all began, lays down and dies. Then to come to find out that the other... Um, the other timeline was not an, actually another timeline that you would think it was because it's all them living offsite out, you know, not on the island. But really what the other timeline was, was the afterlife. And they all get together at this church at the very end and then it's just done. And you're like, what? Well, I remember, <laughs> uh, do, am I remembering this wrong? Like, I feel like they like lay down and then like they like, look up and there's just like a bright light or something. Is that, you know what? It's been a long time since I've seen that too. And well, and, and after going through all of this, like I'm going to be rewatching some of these definitely lost. It's been a long time, mm-hmm. but I just remember at the end, I was just flabbergasted. Like I had no words. I'm like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> and the thing that makes me so mad. So then well, to finish off here, I said, so what should have happened? No friggin' clue what should have happened. I don't know what would have made it better, but I can tell you that maybe they shouldn't have tried, they shouldn't have made you like, or come up with so many questions throughout the whole series. You know, every episode it was like, oh, there's another question. There's mm-hmm. another question. Like, for example, like, what the heck are the numbers? The numbers, they never answer that. Apparently, Walt, the, the son, the, the little black yeah. kid, apparently he has like, some special powers that they never talk about. Uh, there's one person that uh, is introduced as Hurley's uh, like love interest that you find out that he knows her from the the mental health facility that he was staying staying in. in. But then she just they never, just never did anything. Late. <laughs> you know, it's just like all of a sudden she was gone. Um, so there was like a lot of questions. I mean, you find out who the black smoke monster is but don't really know why he's a smoke monster yeah so there's just so many things um they they talk about women and pregnancy issues they never really discuss and tell you why there's pregnancy issues on the island there's also apparently a separate sickness that is discussed that 
nobody ever figures out either. So that's my whole point. Like my whole issue is not the, in the end that, you know, they were all dead or mm-hmm. because I think what the whole purpose was, is they showed you the, the preferred timeline where they all got to be together, whether it was, you know, you know, yeah, they were dead, but they all got to be together. So I think that was the point, but I don't care about that. But it was just so many unanswered questions. It's like, what was the point of bringing all these up? Yeah. Like, did you really think? I think I agree with you. Like, as far as like, that's what made it so frustrating for me is because the whole show basically from the beginning is just a show about of questions. Yeah. Like, honestly, the first season was probably the most tolerable as far as that goes because it almost felt like, yeah, it's just like a story of like this plane that crash lands on a, a deserted island. And these people have to kind of figure it out. There's some weird things going on the island, but Mm -hmm. they're like just trying to survive and figure out how they're going to get back. Right. Yeah. But after season one, that's when things really started going off the rails. And then the whole time you're just trying to figure out every time you're like, okay, I think they're going to answer a question. It almost became like cruel. Oh, it was like one step forward, two steps back because it's like, like, always like, Oh, we're going to finally get an answer. We'll answer one question, but then we'll create two two more. more. Yeah. (laughs) So, I agree with you on that. And then you get to the very end and then you still, you have more questions after the show is over than you have one before the show began. Yeah. So that is my issue with that. But like I said, I really loved the show when it was going and I do want to rewatch it just to see what else I pick up. You know, I'm, I'm older and more mature. (laughs) Um, (laughs) On a side note though, did you know that once upon a time is actually made one of the creators of once upon a time, the TV show is, one of the, was the creator of Lost. J.J. Abrams? I don't know. I just heard that. Oh, I did not know. <laughs> so, I just thought it was interesting. No, I didn't I didn't know. But yeah, J.J. Abrams, I mean, obviously he went on to do a lot of good things. Um, like, he, you know, in the movies and things like that. So, um, respect. But I was just a little upset <laughs> that I didn't answer a lot of questions. All right, number four. This one's a doozy. Uh, don't have a lot written here just because I can mostly do this without notes. But How I Met Your Mother, nine seasons. You guys watch it? Yep. Yeah. You guys know how it ends? Yeah. Yep. Are you upset? Yeah. Is the most ridiculous nine years of anybody's life if you watched it. <laughs> the whole time, you're enthralled. You love the whole chase. You're trying to figure out, okay, is it somebody that's already in it, you know, that we know that just he hasn't met or what's going on? And they do the whole yellow umbrella thing. Then you get to the last I season. fell in love with Bob Saget. <laughs> <laughs> is Bob Saget in He's the voice. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> he did. Bob Saget's voice is there. But, uh, um, then the final season is just so weird because it's all takes place in like one day and, uh, it's, it's Robin and Barney's wedding. And this is where, uh, Ted meets his wife, Tracy, and they don't meet until the very last episode. And then what happens? Was it? They yeah. No, the no. Episode? They were always crossing paths, but never like actually oh, met. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And other every single other character met her before Ted. And so as soon as he meets her, it's like very next scene, they kill her. And it pisses oh. me off. It's like, why would you do that? And then why would you take two characters like uh, Barney and Robin who seem to be happy and then just be like, yeah, it didn't work out. 
and they had divorced really soon after. Yeah. And now this opens it up so that Ted can be with Robin, which they said wouldn't happen in the from the very beginning. Yeah. Super stupid. Wait, they did say that? At the very beginning, he said, well, that's how... Well, I basically said, like, that's how I met your Aunt Robin. And I get that, but, you know... Throughout the whole series, they tried a couple of times, and it would never work. It was almost like the whole, like, Ross and Rachel thing with friends, but just worse. Like, it didn't, it, you knew, and you never were really rooting for them. Because you always knew that he had this other person out there. Yeah, that is true. And so, it just, yeah, it was I was just, rooting for them. Well, there were a couple of times, like, I think the first season, I was like, oh, why can't it be Robin? But then, yeah, like, towards the end, it's just stupid. All right. Very last thing here, Game of Thrones. Now, everybody's Quickly, up. if you have not watched the end of Game of Thrones, yes, I was fast forward to this part, or really, I mean, this is about yeah. the end of the podcast. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Coming ahead. In fact, this is going to be spoiler for these two guys sitting here, too. Even though I told Alan to watch the last episode <laughs> before we did this, he did not do it. And I only have about 40 to 50 episodes to catch up on. <laughs> he's on season four. So he's halfway there. But, uh, okay. So apparently, everybody's up in a tizzy. 1.4 million people have gone on to uh, and signed a petition on change.org asking HBO to remake season eight with competent writers. What? I don't think HBO is going to listen. But here is what happens to all the important characters. Cersei and Jamie die in the castle, in their castle, as the, as the castle tumbles on top of them from the destruction caused by the dragon. Sansa Stark becomes the queen of the north. Arya leaves to travel the unmapped land west of Westeros. Oh, Wester Westeros. Yeah. Tyrion, who is your favorite, Alan, <laughs> becomes Hand of the King um, again, reluctantly. Uh, Bran, 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 becomes King of the Seven Kingdoms, except for the North, because his sister didn't want to be a part of it. She wanted to be the Queen of the North and have that be a part, you know. Wait, so... So Tyrion she seceded is, from the Union. Yeah, yeah. Tyrion is his. Is his. Hand, Bran's hand. hand. Yeah, and neither Bran didn't want to be king, neither did Tyrion didn't want to be the hand of the king, but they both did it anyway. Um, Daenerys dies by the hand of her lover and nephew, Jon Snow. <laughs> um, and then Jon Snow is sentenced to serve the rest of his life back at the Wall as the leader of the Night Watchmen with his friend Tormund and the rest of the free people. End scene shows them all leaving the Wall and heading into the woods. So people are upset because Daenerys dies. Yeah. Jon kills her. They are in love. and But the thing is, is that the whole last two episodes... Well, you've seen the the second to last one mm -hmm. where she's freaking riding the, the the dragon all over and murdering women and children throughout that whole city. Yeah. So it's like at that point, it's like, oh yeah, she's gotta die. <laughs> but it, it was she was never going to be on the Iron Throne. She Why? even said, because I mean, if you look at it, she said from the moment she was born, that was her goal. Power. Everyone was telling her, you're going to take the Iron Throne. Power, power, power. It got to her. But 
to free people. To free people, but she did, I mean, she did in some ways, but she... Until that last part. Yeah. In and the she end... she murdered them. Obviously, big spoiler here. Uh, come to find out, I mean, you know, we, well, we found out at the end of, of the last season that John is, um, you know, her... He is the last living Targaryen, and he is heir to the throne. Mm-hmm. So he gets that over Daenerys and she did not like that. Yeah. If she was a good leader and she mentioned too that the people in that part of the world or the land loved him and not her. They feared her but loved him. If she was really for the people, she would have recognized that and even though he didn't want the throne, she would have said, you're the leader. Mm Mm-hmm. I want this to be a free people, a free land. You're the best one to lead them. Not me. They fear me. They love you. She didn't want that. In the end, it was too much for her. She ended up killing everybody that knew that he was heir to the throne and then killing the whole city. Yeah. The only thing that I was really pissed off about was just that Cersei got a very easy death by just dying in some rubble. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like she needed to be beheaded. But so from somebody who's only seen half the show, um, what I've learned is there's a lot that happens. There is a lot that happens between where I'm at and where let me just, they get yeah, to. Yeah. Just in my closing comments here about that, I am not mad. I, I am okay with the ending. Yeah, there's a couple of things. Like I feel like Jon Snow just kind of got the shaft and he got sentenced back to the wall. <laughs> but he ends up leaving. He, he just is like, you know what? What are they going to do? My, my brother's the king. He's not going to kill me. I'm just going to go out with the free people, and we're just going to go live our lives. And they do. With like the wildlings? Yeah. Oh, okay. The free people are the wildlings, yeah. So I, in, in summation, I do not mind the ending. And I think f- people are freaking out over nothing. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so there is that. Uh, make sure to... Uh, uh, and then just dishonorable mentions. I have Seinfeld on there, Gilmore Girls, Scrubs, and then Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. The very ending, it says, he never made it home. That was his whole point of the whole show, is he's <laughs> leaping from place to place, trying to make it home. I still need to watch Quantum never Leap. never makes it home. I think but, Trav, we've learned that Trav likes um, clean endings that like have a happy ending i guess no this one didn't necessarily have <laughs> game of thrones didn't have a happy well, no, but ending. i'm just saying like quantum leap like he's like i just want him to go home <laughs> well yeah that was the whole point of it and then they're just like basically he's still doing this <laughs> <laughs> maybe they just want to leave it open we so ran like, out of funding we can bring back the but, show sometime <laughs> so that's what i have there um Make sure to, like, if you have any others that I didn't mention, these are just ones that I've seen. So uh, you can go onto our social media page and uh, post any that you have seen that you do not like. Or if you disagree with anything that I said, be sure to let us know. So I'd like to get your take on it. Yeah, if you have anything, like we said earlier, if you have any more comments on the Fermi Paradox or is there anything else that you would like like us to get into uh, as far as that's concerned, or if you have any opinions of your own on the moon landing, if you think it's a hoax or you don't think it's a hoax and why um or finally like trav said if you have other shows or you have more comments about the shows that uh trav talked about as far as like with disappointing endings um let us know but all of those things are things that you can hit us up on uh on our website at the qcodepodcast.com uh there's plenty of spaces on there where you can 
you know, instant message us if you'd like. You can leave comments on the website. Um, we're happy to hear from you. And Trav, why don't you let them know uh, how to get a hold of us via social media? So yeah, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at QCode Podcast. Um, also, as far as uh, the podcast goes, whatever you're listening to us on right now, well, you definitely know how to listen to us from there. But we are also, uh, just so you know, all over iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, you really have to want to find it on Spotify, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> just keep scrolling. Um, and then, of course, on YouTube. So apparently it's called the Apple Podcasts if, if when you're like listening to it on the app on your phone. Oh, yeah, it like, is. Like we've been calling it iTunes. It's iTunes, but, but it's, it's like, you know, it's Apple Podcasts. But yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, so yeah. Uh, and then also make sure to uh, leave us a five-star review. Yeah, yeah. Rate and review and us if you can. Just let us know what you think. And uh, give our website. Yep. Yep. And if you like the show, please share it with your friends, family, strangers, whoever. Just let them know. <laughs> Check out the Cuco <laughs> podcast. And excuse me, sir. Yes. Would you mind listening to the Cuco <laughs> podcast? Uh, can you give me my ranch dressing first? <laughs> I had somebody come up to me, or I said, "Hey, have you listened to uh, the, my podcast yet?" And they said. Yeah, I've seen things on social media. Like, what is this GQ podcast? And I'm like, <laughs> it's just Q code. GQ. <laughs> but yeah, well, thanks guys for listening in. Don't forget that we also release bonus episodes each week, which are dreams of Danny, and we read them. So they're actually very hilarious, and we love to do them. So uh, tune in next week, and thanks again. We'll see you then. 